This is Bill McMinn from Makeable Bible Church, and this is the Way to Go podcast, where we talk about faith, family, and daily life, putting the Bible into practical, everyday terms. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast, Bill McMahon, along with Steve Sargent. Glad to have you here with me, buddy. Thank you. Glad to be here. I know. I need to see here more. <laughs> I know. We always work at it, though. It's yes. not like we don't work at trying to get together. We do contact each other. We do talk. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes my contact with you, though, is like busting you about the Steelers. Right. I know. It's, you are the funniest, though. You're the best. Because if they're, if your Steelers are losing, I make a comment about it. I will not hear back. Steve totally ignores me. He totally he ignores the text. He says nothing about it. And I know. I'm like, yeah. ooh, he, he's a little sore right now. <laughs> His Steelers lost again. Ooh. But making the playoffs. Yep. So yes, we are. The standard is the standard, the standard as we say standard. in Pittsburgh. Yes. It is the only game I have Paramount and I get CBS games. Okay. Of all the playoff games, it's the only game on CBS that I can watch is the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers. <laughs> so I will I will actually watch it on okay. Sunday. I look forward to it. I th- I'm, I'm, I'll be rooting for the Steelers. Well, thank you. I like the Bills too. I mean, it's not like hey, I don't I like, like the, the Bills. Bills. I as like well. Bills. Yeah, Steelers, Pennsylvania team, mm-hmm. not close by. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the Brown-Steelers rivalry because I was an Eagles fan in the East, so you didn't have that. Like, you could be – the nice thing is, and they should change it in Ohio to make it this way too, but I could root for the Steelers in the AFC and the Eagles in the NFC. So when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, I mean, they were our team. We used to root, and, man, we were okay. – yeah, we love the Steelers, and wow. you didn't even have to. There was no rivalry at all. Sure, because they only the played every so many years. Right, four years it would be so. kind of nice if they took the Bengals or the Browns, one of them, put them in the NFC. Mm. So <laughs> then you have two Ohio teams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It would be nice. Yeah. Did you know that now this is the first time in history all three Lake Erie teams are in the playoffs? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo, Detroit, and Cleveland. Yeah. All along along the lake and mm-hmm. everyone in. I, it is pretty cool. Actually. Yeah, it is. So it's good for the area. Yeah, it's just another tidbit. <laughs> it's, it's it's another meaningless tidbit. In case you were wondering, first time in history, all three Lake Erie teams are in the play. <laughs> I know you were waiting for it to happen your whole life. Actually, what we've been waiting for, like Cleveland's been waiting for their whole lives, is for the Browns to win a Super Bowl. And oh, yeah. I do think this is the year they could go. Oh, I agree because the uh, the parity that's in the NFL, yeah, and Cleveland is just as good as anybody, right? They have a great defense, and obviously Joe Flacco has um, added life. Uh, yeah, he's he's the- increased their their potential <laughs> quite a bit. I would say a high percentage, yeah. and, and a know, good character guy. I'm not a, a Cleveland Browns fan for obvious not. reasons, right? But I do, um, maybe in another life want them to do well because of the area that right. we're in. But I have to tell you, I am overwhelmed with the Browns fans and some of their rhetoric. So <laughs> like what are it, they? <laughs> listen, look, man, I'm telling you, I am tired of hearing about it. Right. They, and they just, they pick on me because they know I'm a Steeler fan. Right. It is not the Steelers fault that the Browns have been, have they has, have been at the have been the past twenty years. It's not our fault. We didn't do it. I mean, we Listen beat them, but we didn't. 
We didn't hire their coaches. We didn't draft their players. We did nothing. We played football. It's, it's very difficult as an outsider. I mean, I've been here how much of an outsider. I, over half of my life I've been in Ohio. But uh, it's tough to get behind them a lot of times because of moves like Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, how do I root for that? And so it's been hard. I mean, for sure. For Browns fans and the faithful, it's hard. But they're rough, just like any other. Come on, you know Pittsburgh. If you're down in Pittsburgh. They're a rough crew. They always make fun of every team. Every team, they're the worst fans in the NFL. They say it to me as an Eagles fan. People send me videos about it, and Eagles fans doing mean things to other people and stuff. Oh, you're an Eagles fan. This is how they are. Oh, yeah. I'm like, have you ever paid attention? They're a Browns fan. I said, have you ever been to a Browns game? Have you ever been to see how they treat the opposing players? Because let me tell you what, I've seen them sing song curse words around an Oakland Raiders fan. One day. They were, we weren't even in the gate yet. They were standing around a whole, had them all in circle, singing, <laughs> chanting curse words at them. It was like, my, died my daughter with me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it amused me. My wife, one time, the Philadelphia Eagles played them. She wore a green um uh, turtleneck it didn't mm-hmm. even say eagles on it or anything they were cursing around on the way because the eagles won that day they were cursing her out on the way through it was so bad i couldn't even walk next to her i had a curse at her it was so bad i had to get right in there and point the finger at him. you can't kidding. beat him join him right <laughs> exactly i'm just kidding but uh i actually put a brown shirt on to leave the stadium because i knew it was going to happen so it was uh it was hilarious though. i mean honestly like i didn't go by oh you you nasty old brands because i came from the eagles area so mm-hmm. you know i know i know what it's like it didn't bother me at all i, I was amused by it actually but um yeah the every, history of winning in pittsburgh with the steelers you're talking generations now it's not just oh, yeah. five years or what really since the early 70s so when you go to a game and i was at the game when they played the Bengals when mason rudolph made his off the bench come back right. and uh, became a part of our team um the atmosphere is unbelievable number one there's an expectation right you have they're the winningest team in football since 1970 um, when the nfl okay. and afl combined uh, to form that, nfl right. and at home they have one of the best home records through those decades right even now they haven't had a losing season at home in almost as 20 well, they, years they, in Mike Tomlin's tenure, they've never had a yes, losing season, period, with Mike but Penn. they haven't had right. one at home. So when you're in Pittsburgh watching them play, there's a level of expectancy, regardless of right. who they're playing. Right. And most of the time it's true. Most of the well, times you walk away and you won. You, you know what? What? We should go to church like that. I agree. We should go there's, to church with I, that's expectations. That's exactly what I said. And I said right. this before, and I think some people thought I was like being like, sacrilegious and i said it's kind of like heaven and i do mean that right. because you have almost seventy thousand people there right and they're all cheering and agreeing we don't know each other right but we're high five and i've even shared had people share food with me before just being a steeler fan means something when right. you're in that atmosphere we're singing coming in going out and la da 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 and i've been there when they lost even when they lose it's not that bad right. attitudinally right it's not that bad so i think the church could learn a lot by going to a steeler game well they, in pittsburgh <laughs> well if, especially if it's and we should we should all have like field trips you know the whole church yep. every church should do a field trip not to like a christian concert like we should be going to that <laughs> that game and sit together. 
Because probably there's probably enough seeds left. You probably could do it. <laughs> no, just kidding. No. I I think expectation though is is a huge thing. I think we should be expecting God to do great things. And uh, one of the right. things, I mean, the guy who had expectation was Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is coming up on the day this podcast is airing. So you know, I thought that would be a good one. You and I have talked about it before. Mm-hmm. And you have some favorite stories about Martin Luther King, oh, yeah. actually. So. Yeah, my most favorite story was when he was a, a youngster. <clears throat> He, um, his mom was taking him to an amusement park in Georgia because they were from Atlanta and they, you know, pull up to go to the amusement park and, you know, like any, all of us growing up. And what year would this be like? I didn't 40s, know. 50s, something uh, 50s? Well, he was born in 29. So he was oh, probably the forties. Maybe, okay. maybe if he was 10, it would have been like, uh, um, yeah, like 40, 1940 okay. and everything was segregated. But she didn't know that she that this park was segregated. They get in line to buy tickets to go in. They can't get in, so they get back in the car, and he's upset, asking his mother, "Why can't we go in?" You see other kids on the rides, kids screaming, having fun, and she said, "This park doesn't allow black people in." And he said, "That's stupid. When I get older, I'm going to change that." Right. And his mom said, "Martin, you can't change the world." Right. But he did. He did. So right. in reality, he was. Um, a little kid with a dream to change the world. Right. And you got, I mean, he had a lot of good things. I mean, as a preacher, I mean, he had a lot of good quotes and a lot of good yeah. comments to say. And I, I love that one. I have a dream that mm-hmm. my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, one of his probably famous quotes. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, and I'm glad that, well, three of his four kids are still living. And they have, you know, lived to see that happen. Right. Do you think that that's an accurate statement today? I mean, when I think about that, will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. It's you, not. I th- I think it's it's accurate because it doesn't mean you're never judged by something right, other than right. that. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but compared to what it was when he made that statement, August 28th, 1963 to today, there is such a big difference. There's a large improvement. Do we need to improve more? Of course. But just to, for them to be able to be little kids and see how it was and to live today and see how it is, yes, it's a lot different. Yeah, I mean, I think there's access for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see. I We're blessed to live in northern Ohio, and I know there's, there's racism anywhere, I'm sure. Right. I don't see it. I mean, of course, why would I see it anyway? Maybe you say, what are you talking about? Of course, you don't see it. But I'm, I'm saying I see a lot of black and whites together, mm-hmm. and everyone's always getting together amicably. If that's if I said that word right, but we're so friendly. You know, whether you're at the West Side Market or you're at a game mm-hmm. or you're just walking around, like I just never have ever encountered problems here yeah. or seen it. And I think, and I've talked to people too who live in Cleveland and kind of interviewed them sometimes. I've seen them at, you know, yard sale and things were going on. I'd be like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, I read this in the paper, I've seen mm-hmm. this. And they're like, well, you know, not here as much, you know? So they, I think we do live in a blessed, we do, we live, do live in a blessed area, but I do believe that the media likes to keep us divided. Mm-hmm. I believe that they like to foment all these things like we don't get along or, you know, there's some latent hate that I have for, you know, anyone who's not white, you know, as a white guy. And especially when you're a Christian and what they call cisgender and conservative and Mm -hmm. Christian, all that, 
it's all of a sudden now I don't have as much of a voice because <laughs> they don't want to hear from you because you're a majority. They consider that like majority. Mm-hmm. And we almost live in a society where whoever the minority is, like the, the smallest fraction, they want to give the loudest voice, Yeah, which really kind of turns society on its ear after a while. Sure. You know. Well, bad news sales, controversy yeah. sales. If you do something nice, we get together. I, I always use as an example, and this is also a point of interest, that Martin Luther King was a member of the YMCA. And I'm a longtime member of the YMCA. You can probably tell by my muscular definition and confirmation. Oh, yeah. I thought every time I see you, I think of it. <laughs> so when you go to the Y, like you play basketball, they have pickup games. You have uh, people who are very successful in business, people who are maybe not so successful, right. people from different ethnic backgrounds, racial backgrounds, age categories, playing as a team. To me, that's America. Right. That's what America represents. And there's more of that going on than the other thing. I, the one thing I see in the country is I see opportunity. Absolutely. If you want to hustle and you want to work hard, I don't care what what the color of your skin is, you're, you're going to work hard. That's going to somehow get noticed and mm-hmm. people are going to have you working for them. Right. Oh yeah. And you're going to have an opportunity to be successful. You know, anything's possible with hard work. So, but the negative attitudes, I don't think a lot gets done. You know, if we're sitting around negative about each other or negative about the world, I don't see a lot of good happening there. Now, one thing that um, Martin Luther King Jr. said was we must not distrust all white people or many of our white brothers have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that it was evident because they were there. You know, the March on Washington in 1963, there were like a quarter of a million people there. It was the largest crowd to gather there at the time. Right. And there were others. It wasn't just um, black people. There were white people, other people, or other even like other religions like Jewish people and so on that came to help support the effort. And they realize that, and he realized that their destiny is tied with ours. Like us overcoming, achieving is going to help them, help us all as a whole. Oh, I was absolutely. I mean, I feel too, if you look at the white community, black community, we've been together in this country, arguably, especially in the Eastern part of the United States, longer than any other groups. Yeah. Like, we've been together for a long, I mean, you're talking hundreds of years. Oh, yes. Hundreds yeah. of years that we have been together to get along is in the favor and the best interest mm-hmm. of all of us. But it doesn't even matter what your personal interest is. To me, it's what's biblical and what's right. All men are created equal mm-hmm. in the sight of God. Every one. You and I have joked around about it before. It's not like you go to the hospital, hey, do you need a black doctor, or a white doctor, <laughs> a Mexican, you know, or a Latino doctor? We're all the same. Like you, you, we can share blood if we're the same blood type. It doesn't right. matter what the color of your skin is. Your, our hearts transplant. It That's doesn't matter true. what the color of your skin is. Yeah, right? We had to come to that because there was a time in our country where people didn't believe that. They did not believe if you and I are the same blood type that we could, like if you needed blood transfusion or needed my blood right. or vice versa, it would work. Even when Dr. Charles Drew, who was, African-American, he was biracial, but he was African-American and also um, invented the ability to, for us to uh, give blood for the Red Cross. Right. Um, they would separate the blood. They wouldn't keep white people's blood right. in the same room 
with black people's blood. Like right. something's going to happen if you put them in the room together. Right. That's how people's minds were. Right. And it took things happening for them to realize that from one blood, like the Bible says, God made all of us. Right. From one blood. Absolutely. We're all from Adam. We are actually <clears throat> all related. Right. And by the way, my birthday is coming up on the 20th, and I expect all my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy birthday. You spring Since chicken, we're you. we're all related. You, you spring chicken, you. Dude, you're welcome to come over to my house anytime you want. Yes, I know. Out. I you thank know you. That, so. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I appreciate your friendship, and I appreciate, you know, that we do these shows together. Right. Obviously, I want to do the best that I can, and... Mm-hmm. being at peace with all people. I mean, that's what the Bible says. That's I right. really don't care, you know, what the color of a person's skin is to me is irrelevant. It's what are you doing? I do think though, like he said, you should be judged by character mm-hmm. <clears throat> and character counts. I don't care. And that does shouldn't matter what color you are. So Correct. if you, if you go to work and you do a bad job, it shouldn't be like, well, if you're white, you're getting fired. But if you're black or you're, Hispanic or you're something else you're not. I mean, no, it should just be equal across the board. It's, mm-hmm. So that's true. Because what he said works on both ends. Right. Judged by the color of your skin, by the content of your character, not by the color of your yeah, skin. That's and that fair. works both ways. Right, like, that's fair. It's not fair for people to judge one like that. And it's not fair for the people like myself of color to judge others by right. the color of their skin or their ethnicity. I need to judge them by the color, by their content of the character. Right. Cause that's what counts. Right. Cause we all have, now we come from different backgrounds ethnically. Right. Or maybe even uh, religiously. Right. But we have so much in common. Right. That we just overlook at times. Like right. we all got to eat. Yeah. We need a place to live. Right. We need to be Agreed. able to take care Agreed. of ourselves, our families, right. et cetera. And those are common ground things that really made America Great, because right. every nation or nationality known to man is represented in the United States. Right. And there are a lot of countries that cannot say that. Right. That is true. You can say that here right. in the United States. And it you, remains the land of opportunity. It, it is the land of opportunity. And I think it's a it's a great country. I mean, I look at it, I do think that we have uh, ideological problems. Sure. I believe there's deep spiritual problems in the oh, country absolutely. that need to be rectified. And I think one of the problems is we're not seeing it on truth. And when you're not seeing it on truth, man, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth, when they used to say that was a black person was three fifths human is the way they would count yeah. it. Now that was a vote count thing. As I was researching mm-hmm. that recently, it was uh, about how, because they were afraid in the North. Well, if you put the slave population within, then they're going to outvote us on everything, electoral college, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to count that, but I still think it was awful no matter what your your, yes. your justification or your excuse is. And to me, it allowed them to be mistreated or you don't have a vote or can't ride the bus or can't go to the amusement park. And this goes on then for decades after mm-hmm. the Civil War is over. Of course, in the North, that's not how it was that I know of. It wasn't like, like that. It, it wasn't. Right, because we fought like for Like all the things freedom. equal, but it wasn't nowhere near what it was in the South. Right, right, right. It wasn't the same. So I, I look at that kind of thing, and to me, even when it comes to throwing another topic out there, abortion, why do we have that? Because mm-hmm. you don't see that child as being 100% human. You somehow discount the full value of the child in the womb because it hasn't been born yet yet it's still in the image of God, still has value. That's why as a church, to me, we got to protect life all over the place. We got to be mm-hmm. 
There's no room for racism in the church. If, if you look at, biblically speaking, all are sinners. All need Christ. Yeah. All are going to the same heaven. All the same. All life has value. Elderly people in the nursing home to that child in the womb. And that's how we should view it as Christians. And to make sure that anything that goes against that truth that would be popping up in our sinful hearts, <laughs> right, needs to be adjusted. Our attitudes need to be adjusted to what the truth is. Right. The truth is all men are created in the image of God, and that image of God gives your life phenomenal value. That's very true. From the beginning, even when, um, like God told Isaiah before, you, you know, you were born while you were in your mom's womb, I ordained you right. to be a prophet. Right. So, and even when the story of Jesus mother Mary, when she came in contact with her cousin, right. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, she's six months pregnant. And they came, you know, after Gabriel had visited them both at right. different occasions, she went to see her. And the Bible says that John the Baptist leaped right. in her womb, in right. uh, Elizabeth's womb, not because, ah, oh, I feel like running out of here. It was right. because of, he knew he, that she was coming in contact with a woman that right. was going to deliver the Messiah. Right. So even then he's six months in the womb. In God the womb. was dealing with him. Life has value. Right. All life has value. Right. And I do appreciate the, you don't, sometimes I don't think you understand it. Like the significance of a Martin Luther King Jr. Growing up, let's say mountains in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It's mostly white. No, there's no real racism to speak of. There's not even, there's hardly even an opportunity for racism. That's going to say you didn't have Typically, a anybody, if they were Hispanic or black, <laughs> they were very popular, mm. you know, very well received. So I never saw it. And my dad would, I would talk to my dad about it when I was a teenager. And I would say, well, dad, I don't, I don't see, like, what's the problem? Like, I don't get it. He goes, well, son, that's because you live here. Yeah. And don't come from, like, he came more from the Philadelphia area, so he okay. saw more stuff. He saw more of the turmoil. Then when I lived in the South, like, I saw the way I was treated. Forget away the way I'm treated, like, <laughs> how I was treated at times. And I'm like, okay, okay, Treated because okay, you were from the okay. North? No, it's just, I don't know. There was just uh, one time I was waiting my turn to go into, it doesn't matter. It just, it was rude behavior. And, you know, I get it, but I still felt like, there's no racism. Like there's for me, I mean, I didn't grow up that way. Like I didn't grow up not liking people. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like you don't grow up not liking Jews or not liking Hispanic or not liking. It's a trained or learned anyone. behavior. Therefore the Martin Luther King jr. Story. He's a historic character. You love the, I have a dream speech and you, you know, that kind of stuff and you know, he led the way and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, definitely. Like, this is ridiculous that you ever had a water fountain a black person can't drink from, or you have a pool a black person can't swim in, or you have it. Like, right. this is nonsense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you could always see it. But I still believe in talking to you as I've grown up that I've come to a deeper appreciation for the man mm -hmm. and for the holiday, why there is a holiday, why it's an important holiday, why I don't think you can see that as a kid. Yeah. You understand, like, but as a as an adult and as I've grown and read more about it, you can see why. No, that guy was mm -hmm. super significant. Very true. And he right. said, Martin Luther King said, "People hate each other." He said, "Men hate each other because they don't understand each other. No, they right. fear each other. They fear each other because they don't understand each other. Right. They don't understand each other because they're separated from each other." Right. So if you have your world, you know, we have ours, and when I say world. It'd be our neighborhood, right. our street, or our household. 
that doesn't um, appreciate or affiliate with people because right. of maybe the color of right. their skin or something of that nature, then we have a hatred right. we develop. Right. It's not something we're born with. Right. A little kid doesn't know, like if a little kid will play with another little kid. Right. They don't care even if they're clean or dirty. Right. They don't know anything. They just play with them. There's another right. kid. There's somebody else. Somebody else in a stroller, and right. they sound like me or look like me, or right. and they'll play with them. We train people to hate, right? And sometimes we do it unconsciously, right? But we train people to hate. I'm uh, absolutely in some areas. Do I yes. think that that was the mentality? Oh my goodness, yes. Oh, yeah. I've heard horrible statements in my life. Horrible mm-hmm. that I. It was shocking to me. I remember I was in college and somebody said something extremely racist <laughs> and I was in shock. I was at their house for dinner. I was just an apprentice mm-hmm. at a church and they were sending me all these different homes and a guy just, the, the words that came out of his mouth was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like seriously, like I'm, I'm in almost like dumbfounded. I can't believe people actually think this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But there he was, yeah. <laughs> there he was, yeah. he was thinking that way. So, but I didn't encounter a lot of it. You know, I would, mm-hmm. I would see it sometimes, but not a lot because I do believe in it's the Bible. All men are created yes. in the image of God. As our declaration of independence says, all men are created equal mm-hmm. in the image of God and have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that these are things that we must, principles that we must stand firm upon. Sure. And also the principle of allowing freedom too, because I realize like for the church, you know, we get a bad rap sometime. I think the church realizes more than probably anyone else how important freedom is. We're not the ones that are going to be ripping on people who are different than us. We're not the ones. We're going to say, hey, you know, you have a right to think what you want. I have a right to say I think it's wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't hate you. Yeah. I don't hate you for that's, it. That's very important. Right. I don't, I have the right to, to stand on the truth, but I don't hate people who disagree with me because I realize if that person there doesn't have freedom, then neither do I. Mm-hmm. And for me to exist, for me to be a Christian and to be without persecution, there has to be that freedom. That's true. Right? That, that Man, you couldn't have put it any better. I, right. I'm going to give you an A for today, Ryan. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. It, it, to me, it's an important topic. I would encourage people, Martin Luther King Day, you know, you can Google something, get his quotes, read about him, uh, the story of, of his life and how he became a minister mm-hmm. and a pastor. And at least he used his voice and his influence to make a difference. That's right. And that's what we all want to do. I mean, I think we all want to make a difference in mm-hmm. people's lives, make this world a better place, right? So yeah, anyway, right. Steve, I appreciate you coming in. Thank and you. I appreciate you. With me. Thanks for and, having uh, me. And he'll be on another podcast with me too. You'll be able to check that out in a few days. You guys all have a great and a blessed week. 